trying to analyze the games that we love, headlines and music, and the news we never get. I'm Ghost Bunch of Earth, I kind of press it on horse tonight. Moving on for this one, but I'm joined by a special guest, Rapper Megan Davis, um, a sports journalist. Um, I, I believe you do still work for the NY, the NY Post, NY Daily News. Uh, no, no, I'm not with you. I'm, I'm, I'm freelancing at the moment. All right. But yo, you, you, you read me the Daily Daily News. You read me at Insider. Yeah. Maybe. Well, I'm, I'm being presumptuous. Like, <laughs> he gasped himself. But you know, but, but uh, you know, I've, I've uh, contributed to GQ in the past. Nice. Uh, that's that's where, that's where I, I stay these days. That's great, and, and we're, we're we're so glad to have you on for this episode. And uh, for this episode, we're we're gonna delve into a few sports topics. Um, and to start off with, just thoughts on um, Aaron Rodgers and the Jets, obviously. That was a big acquisition for New York um, this past offseason. And when you look at at this particular move, like it's always interesting, just in sports in general, to see a big name um, star go to a different team who's with the Packers for so many years, um, delved into so many types of, um, you know, different conference championships, almost getting to the Super Bowl. Uh, what did you just generally think about him making a move to New York? Because obviously, like, that's a, a big, big market. Um, it's a big draw. And obviously, all eyes are going to be on them this year. Well, I mean, in some ways, his timing's great because, you know, things were curdling over in, in Green Bay with him and his relationship to that franchise. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the Jets are a good team. They're not bad. They're good. Yeah. They have a great defense. And uh, I think they probably could have made the postseason had they had a, a real quarterback and uh, not a, I don't know, um, a is this a PG podcast? A PG thirteen podcast? I don't know. Like, <laughs> a, 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 a mother enthusiast, yeah. I, I Zach Wilson, <laughs> better at picking at uh at Bridge Club than <laughs> than uh, picking up his receivers. Yeah, but you know, like the but at the same time, it's the timing is not great when you consider that. He is um, going to a stacked conference mm-hmm. and a stacked division. AFC is the Bills are decent chance to be the best team in football. Yeah, uh, the Dolphins are the Dolphins are respectable, they're solid. You know, the Patriots are respectable. Like, and then it's you know it's the Jets. So, like, are they a? You know, they might think you know they might be a ten and seven team, right? But ten and seven might not cut it. It just might not, you know. Like, and that's uh, and that's a shame, you know. Especially given that my understanding of the cap situation is, yeah. like, they may not be able to make significant improvements to that roster via free agency or trading for, you know, for already well salaried stars, you know, or sal- salary players uh, after, you know, um, you know, after the season. So. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's cool to have a real quarterback. Um, I wish, uh, you know, I, I wish he uh, believed in, you know, the the, the uh, reality of science around the coronavirus. I, I wish that, you know, he, um, you know, I wish that he read books instead of did research. Did research, quote, quote, quote. You know, I know it's a podcast. So putting up my That would be books. helpful. That would be helpful but, to uh, do that. <laughs> you know, but he can read defenses. Yeah, <laughs> he could read defenses. So I look forward to uh, seeing that team uh, get knocked out in the first round. Uh, the Aaron Rodgers special. Thank you, because uh, because again, I haven't seen the Jets win a playoff game or play a playoff game uh, since I was in college, and that was too long ago. So, 
and, and that's the thing. Like, this is a different type of conference. You know, like, NFC, yeah, it was, like, a handful of teams that, that can be in it and, and poss- possibly get there. But with the AFC, like, it's just it's just such a different beast. Like, I really agree. Like, this is a team that could win 10 games for sure. But that probably won't even be enough when you look at the big the big scheme of things. Like, like do you still look at the top tier teams as, like, the Bills, AFC? I mean, the Bills, um, Chiefs, and, and Bengals overall? Yeah, I mean, you know, th- those are clearly the cream of the crop. And then there's lots of respectable teams in the division. You know, there are no like gimmies, you know what I mean? Uh, no functional bye weeks, you know, um, when the Jets are playing in the division, which is, you know, a problem they have to face. And so, again, now maybe Aaron Rodgers, nothing too is that Aaron Rodgers is mad old. I hear he looks good in camp, but he's, you know, the man's middle aged. Yeah. Like, that just is what it is. And so, uh, you know, unless you're on the Tom Brady aging curve, like, <laughs> things tend to go down yeah. um, at this age, you know? Like, and, you know, and I'm not sure about, you know, Man Rogers is eating enough avocado ice cream to to, uh, to to preserve an elite level of play because he was he was very good last year, but like you know, but he took but he was not the MVP that he was two seasons ago. Not, not at all. Yeah, it's it's, it's very very it looks very different for him. And, and kind of getting into next with if the Browns can have a, a bounce back year. On um, the last two years, the Browns haven't been able to get the to get to the postseason. And after going seven and ten last year, they aim to get back in that postseason mix. Um, and depth that depth that running back and even the wide receiver and middle line linebacker section has been a concern. But just in general, in terms of like what the Browns could possibly do this year with Deshaun Watson coming back, obviously there's controversy with him. Like, what do you think about how the like the Browns outlook in the AFC North? Because you know the Ravens they're going to be really tough with adding Odell Beckham Jr. Um, and Obviously, Cincinnati, you know, one of the, the three best teams in the league. Like, what do you think about what the Browns can do? And obviously, like, what's it going to look like with Desha- adding, you know, Deshaun Watson back fully this year? Yeah, my, my simple take is this. Um, you know, one of the teams that we that we neglected to mention as a potential upper crust team is actually the Baltimore Ravens. Yep. Um, they re-signed Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, you know, I... I uh, I do think Odell Beckham still has good football left in him. So that's a, you know, so that's a great target to have. Um, if that, uh, if my belief is true there and, uh, and they, you know, they, they, sh- they have a really, really strong special looking defense as well. So if that is the case with Baltimore, you know, Baltimore being strong um, and, uh, you know, hopefully Lamar staying healthy, you know, plus the Bengals, that's a really tough route. Even if Deshaun Watson, uh goes back to the you know the best of his texans days yeah you know um as again it's just a, it's just it's, there's no it's not a cakewalk um and that's the problem in again a very very stacked conference right. not just you know not just his division those divisions is not bad either but the conference is you know it's tough and very is Deshaun watson better than joe burrow absolutely not <laughs> yeah just sim- simply put like no joe burrow is in a different different stratosphere in terms of, in terms of where he's going and what his output is, is going to be. Um, and, and like overall in terms of, you know, when we look back at the Super Bowl with the Eagles and Chiefs and what those two teams, like that was a really good Super Bowl. It went down to the wire. You can make the case that, that Philly should have wanted if, if a call went the opposite way uh, out of those two teams, like which one do you think is like kind of like maybe more likely to get back the Super Bowl this year? Yeah, I 
I think I feel terrible because I'm like I am by the nature of your question counting out Patrick Mahomes, the great perhaps the greatest quarterback I've ever Possibly, seen. Possibly, man, um, might be the greatest. Or 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 man, or man on pace, or man on pace towards be, towards being that. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, but I do think the Eagles have a really really stacked roster. They do. They do. Like they're just like it's just like sick, you know, from you know from from top to bottom. Yeah. In a way that um makes me think that between that and the uh, in my opinion, fairly easy, pa- easier path relative to the Chiefs. You know, because even though the Chiefs are good and, and they, you know they're they'll win their twelve games or whatever. You know, they have you know they they do have a harder role because they're in a tougher conference. You know, uh, the you know tougher conference is tougher division. Um, the the Eagles have the division. You know, have have the opportunity of beating, I believe, a Giants team that you know um had a very easy schedule last year. You know, that's going to be adjusted upwards. You know, do or is adjusted upwards due to due to you know them having a strong playoff caliber season. You know, um, but I think that they are that their actual record is inflated. Um, you know, relative to the talent, you know, talent there, especially you know the um, especially the quarterback position, and uh, you know, like uh, the you know the you know the Cowboys should be in the mix, but um. But you know we we've we've seen injury issues in the past with uh, every year you know, in the recent past, yeah. um you know with them and so uh you know and then the uh, commanders like you know um well hey you know the commanders might be revived now that they have <laughs> <made, laughs> uh, you know something approaching competency you know and right. ownership you know and so I don't think they're a bad team but but it's just not you know it's just they're just levels to this you know they say right mm-hmm. and uh, and the Eagles have. A clearer path to that. To me, the Niners are the only team to me that's really, really stepping to them in the NFC. Yeah, the Chiefs have. You know, the, the Chiefs could lose one game. You know, could lose a divisional play, round playoff game because oh, they sure. just draw the Bills, something like that. Yeah, that 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 wild card and just how that the playoffs start. You get a really bad matchup. It can it can really wreck your entire season. Um, transitioning to college football and kind of just thoughts on Washington and Oregon heading to the Big Ten. Um, last Friday, both finalized the deal to join the Big Ten beginning of the 2024 season. And this is a move that, you know, continues to dwindle the Pac-12 and put the conference's future in question. Um, I, I know you mentioned earlier, we, we talked about this, you know, you, you, there's some parts of this you, you don't know fully. But just in, in g- generically, like, obviously, like, when you have a, a packed Big Ten, like, it's one of the most famous conf- conferences in college football, and you add teams like Oregon and Washington, how do you think that's going to shake up things for for the Big Ten and just also the fan base and knowing that you really have two, you know, elite teams in their respective com- conferences coming over to your conference? Man, I think I'm of two minds this. On one hand, uh, people will always watch football. Yeah. People will watch bad football. People watch XFL and arena and all that, <laughs> right? Like, uh, Canadians love their CFL. Yeah. So if the Pac-12 is, like, kind of whack now, right, like, there will still be people who tune in. Yeah. And and so I I I think that it's still you know it's still going to be a draw and all that. However, I do think you know that there is a chance that there is a real existential crisis about the business of college football if you um if you have like two conferences that are stacked, and then the rest are just kind of like you know no one cares yeah on a financial level um the you know the math just may not be mathing uh, enough to make the Pac-12 viable you know. If you're losing all of the draws, the, the, the main draws, um, 
And so that is the concern. Not that not that it will be completely barren, but you know, but will people stick with you know with watching for or paying for you know yeah. Pac-12 games? That's very true. Um, if they uh, to, to the same to the same degree that they have in the past, if they don't have those anchors like like the Ducks or you know, um, uh, I believe it was Washington, right? Washington, you know, yeah, um, mm-hmm. yeah, well, yeah, right. Who you know who left? And so um, that's my you know that that's that that that's my from ten thousand feet in the air assessment of, of kind of what is of what concerns me about the viability. Of a of a conference without real teams, definitely. And, and before before we move on, I know we're we're going to mention baseball later, but but even from your perspective in covering baseball, like in terms in terms of conferences, how how important is that in terms of like the viability of you know who's the best conference, like 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 which one is at the top spot, like how much do you see a difference in like the hierarchy of conferences like each season? Well, I mean, you think is you need to have. Anchors, you need to have the bullies, you know, in order to make every given Saturday compelling. Like, ooh, is there a chance at a spoiler or an upset? You know, if it's just, you know, if it is lesser teams in mid majors making up a conference or something like that, like that's not that's not going to it's not going to fly. It's not that that's not um, dramatic enough to. Uh, to be the the kind of attraction, you know, um, of can we go out and beat uh, the, you know, the, the 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 anchors, the bullies of you know of our league, and so um, that's that that's more of what what, what I think is a problem. I mean, again, because like you know, the SEC will still will always be a big deal because they have there's so many great teams in there, you know, at, you know as well any conference that is, that is acquiring these, these big teams and that, you know, so that's cool. Yeah. It's just more of like um, having too much concentrated focus in that and there will, will hurt the others. Definitely. Unless they, unless they significantly revise their program and have, have some sort of revival a la, you know, Deion Sanders going to Colorado, <laughs> going to Colorado. you know, and though, though Colorado is, you know, what do you think about that? Just, what are your thoughts on, on Deion thinking. Sanders with Colorado and what he, and, and, and you know, him making, no, I mean, look like, like obviously, uh, um, obviously he's very, he's quite effective at what he does. Um, I don't think that he is. Um, you know, I mean, like he's he's a he's an, he's a quality coach. Uh, I don't think that he is. I think that his move to Colorado shows that he was not the I don't know. Um, Moses leading our people, you know, our HBCU, you know, into the promised land, <laughs> you know. But you know, but but it's still still a Merc who's taking jobs, which is by the way, there's nothing wrong with that. You don't have to, you know, like um, it's not that's not inherently wrong. It be it, it can be disappointing, and it's annoying when, when someone talks like you know I'm this I'm that I'm you know doing all this for you know for you know the struggle whatever. Um, but like, but you know that's uh, but but it's but this is ultimately a business. It is. Um, and uh, and you know and. It's not that you know there are far more glaringly unethical things happening oh, yeah. in college sports for sure than Deion Deion Sanders choosing the job. <laughs> we're not going to name them, but we know. <laughs> well, we're going to take a quick break. And we'll be right back. Welcome back to the show. Now we're getting to the second half of our topic. To start with um, our next topic. You know, there was a, a, a really interesting uh, conversation that happened recently with Dr. J in an interview. Um, and 
the, the main it, the main conversation was about you know the top ten all time player list him leaving out LeBron and Steph. Um, and he said, you know, the reason he said he left out LeBron because oh he's got to finish his career. He also said Bill Russell, Will Chamberlain, Oscar Robinson, Jerry West, and, and Elgin Baylor are untouchable. And we always hear these lists going going around circulating. It's it can be barbershop talk. Like who do you think LeBron or MJ? Like like, like who's your go? Like Kobe. All of, all of these different conversations. Like, what, what did you think about his list? Obviously, he's going to be biased towards his generation, but just the narrative of a certain player has to be left out because they, they need to finish their career when I personally think LeBron's like one of the three best ever, if not if, if not in that, that top one, and based on, you know, his catalog and what he's done. Yeah, the... Uh, I will say, before I go further into what is very wrong about this list. I'm going to start with this. <laughs> I have come to respect a lot more older basketball fans advocating for the players that they saw. Like, they were not all plumbers. They were not all mechanics. Right. Very <laughs> true. Hoop. I remember watching the Bill Russell documentary on Netflix. Highly recommend, by the way. Mm. Um, gotcha. And I was like, oh, my gosh, Bob Cousy's a problem. You know, like he's like a joke on social media. Yeah, people trash <laughs> but he was like, you know, but he was, but he was nice with it. But he was nice with it. Yeah, like he he was good. You know, it was the late fifties, but he was good. Yeah. Um, and uh, and also it's important to remember too that you know, uh, it's almost in some ways unfair to judge people based on the, you know, um, era they played in. You know, in some ways, because it, you know, there's never a perfect one to one comparison. You know, um. Excuse me. They have there is better training, better better understanding of of uh, what kind of diet and uh, conditioning you need to excel your craft. Uh, there is a better understanding of what uh, you know of, of the most efficient you know forms of play are. You know um, that uh, that allow you know that allow athletes to evolve in different ways depending on the year they were born. And so, like you know. Um, a lot, you know, there are a lot of players that would have been absolute beasts in this era if they had the opportunity yeah. to, you know, uh, you know, to to play with a three point, not just a three point line, but understanding of the importance of of just kind of letting it fly from three. Oh, yeah. Meanwhile, there are dudes from this era who would be just monsters in the sixties or seventies. Because it was more of a, a paint oriented play, you know, or nineties for that matter, you know? Like um different eras require different you know different like main go tos, like you said, with the nineties and the physicality. Right. Like it, it's yeah, just yeah. it's just different. Yeah. Exactly. But yeah, play, you know, players evolve based on, you know, on what's in front of them, you know? Um, would uh Marcus be like shooting threes if he was born in nineteen, you know, sixty two? Probably not, you know? Like, or something like, to use one example, or, or Anthony Davis is an even better example, you know? Like, he shoots threes because, you know, not well at this point, but, he, you know, but at one point he was decent at it because, you know, he was, he, he was born, you know, he was born and developed at the age of three point was born. So I really do appreciate old heads, you know, saying, hey, hey listen, Oscar Robertson was a bucket. Fine. You know? Mm-hmm. That being what? said, um, LeBron James is clearly <laughs> – uh easily top <laughs> two or even if you're very conservatively three yeah if you want if you three. are if you value 
like the like Bill Russell championship collection, you know, uh, in a special way. You know That's what I mean? Like, but, 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 uh, but there's anything else is utter disrespect. It's, it's almost as if you are watching the game with a chip on your shoulder, you know? Um, yeah. There is no GOAT of the past who is so great that they could not possibly or conceivably be surpassed by, the, by, by a GOAT of the future. Like, you know, and that, and that that comes to everyone. That will come for LeBron one day. It will. You know? Yeah. Like, whether wherever, you, wherever, wherever he lands in the consensus NBA fan top whatever rankings, whether again, one, two, or three, you know, um, and it's really just that. Eventually, eventually, maybe 10 years from now, maybe 50 years from now, maybe 1,000 years from now, he will get knocked down yeah. <laughs> so, so <more laughs> lower because someone better will come. Yeah. You know, like. Somebody came along. Somebody uh, else came along. So, so, so someone. Someone who watched LeBron games, you know, as a kid and learned, you know, um, and learned, you know, how to put, you know, his play style, but also, you know, I don't know, developed a jumper, from, you know, from, from uh, at an earlier age. You know what I mean? Like someone's going to come in with that, you know, with, with the same kind of court vision and IQ and physicality, but also, you know. I don't know a four pointer because of the you know Adam Silver had a four pointer day. You know? so much. Just, gonna, just put it so back. like you know so so and so 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 so, so, so LeBron's not a secret cow a secret cow either. You know like and say and similarly neither is Bill Russell neither is Wilt neither is you know neither is Julius neither is you know is Oscar Robinson none of these dudes you know um are are uh, are, are are deities you know who cannot be questioned right. you know like that's that's insane to me um to do you know to put them on such a pedestal that they can that they can never be reconsidered or reevaluated when something new comes along and yeah. lebron is clearly one of those people so is steph curry for that matter you know like and um and again he's one of those things where it's, it's the right era for him you know um he simply you know would not be uh utilized in as effective a way if he was born 20 years earlier, oh, which is how we saw his dad, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> um, but, um, but that, you know, and, and, and also the way the r- rules are called probably would make it harder for him to, um, to, to withstand the physicality of like nineties era NBA, you know? Yeah. But that being said, um, we can't knock him for that either. <laughs> you it's know, not like, his fault. It's you're not born his fault. You're born. <laughs> yeah, you're born. You're born. You're born. And he, and he hits shots from freaking half court. Yeah, which nobody was doing to you know at the at the at the same uh, volume yeah. and you know velocity. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, that he does. Mm-hmm. Like he's literally changed games. He's changed how 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 defenses play. You know, like almost single handedly, and he's and he's developed a whole bunch of you know spiritual children. In his wake, like Trey Young, you know, who, who get, you know, who simply just because of, uh, you know, um, because of what Steph showed is pot, you know, the, the human body is capable of doing with enough, you know, practice in the right genes. Yeah. So like, yeah, man, I, I just don't like, I just, I just don't like being so sacrosanct about, um, about the, about your favorites from the era you played in or the era you watched. Yeah, you're, everybody's going to have their favorites. Everybody's going to – I think the lists from 10 years from now are going to look a lot different than than even the ones that we have today just because of how the changes that, that are that are made. Um, and, and, and before we move on, like everything that's happened with this past season, obviously the Nuggets winning the championship, the, now we're getting the Damian Lillard trade requests, um, the Celtics obviously with what they're doing with Jalen Brown and Tatum and, 
and giving uh, Brown a, a crazy extension. Like, what are your thoughts on just what happened at the end of the last season and, you know, things going forward that just maybe stand out to you for, for uh, the NBA? Okay. First off, I'm glad that uh, you asked that question because I, I'm always happy to take the opportunity to say that Nicole Jokic proved everyone you know, we got Here's your opportunity. Like, um, yeah, the man. Yeah, the man was clearly a great player. Yeah, you know, um, and clearly deserving of the last two MVPs. Um, I think it's okay to build an argument that that James. I mean, excuse me, that Joel Embiid, you know, was better than him during the regular season. But like, um, but there are so many things beyond the analytics and advanced stats, and we shouldn't ignore those either. But even if you just kind of watch his game, the man is, you know, like um, he just consistently makes correct decisions Always. over and over yeah. and over, relentlessly does that, yeah. you know, um, despite being, you know, perhaps the most skilled person of his height, <laughs> you know, of uh, like ever, maybe yeah, like at this possibly. point. Um, <laughs> yeah. It, he, you know, um, he just makes relentlessly correct decisions. It's like, what if, what if Chris Paul was just like a, you know, um, a foot taller, like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, well, you know, what like is. that's uh, a foot, uh, you know, more than a foot actually. Cause he's, you know, he's not six. So we all know that, but like, you know, that, that <laughs> is lying about that for you. Um, right, right. Right. Like, you know what, well, you know, not in sneakers, like, like, but actually, you know, flat footed, you know, one foot tall, like that is, you know, that's what we, that's what we're seeing with this guy. And that's, you know, and that's great. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm happy that he is showing people a little something about the about about the game, you know. Um, and uh, I say second. I mean, uh, I think I, I I find a lot of the off season moves to be a precursor to real problems in the collective bargaining agreement that was you know that was agreed to, where um, the you know we're we're, we're, pa- we're surpassing that second apron. You know, is going to you know, is, is going to create real roster crunches and, and you're seeing teams already starting to get ahead of that, you know, with, uh, you know, you, you um, or kind of facing music in their own way. Um, the Chris Paul trade, I think being, you know, being one example of that and where, where like, you know, they could have um, had them, you know, partially guaranteed, um, but they, but they already had so much money committed to to Brad, um, KD and, and Book, uh, Devin Booker, like they had, you know, they had to make a choice um, as far as like, will you know, will you be able to, to have anyone else on this roster? Exactly. <laughs> we have Chris Paul. How can we fit anybody um, else? <laughs> even, even even though you know, even his age and his injury issues, he's still an effective as hell player. Oh yeah, like you know, and so uh, and the Warriors will benefit significantly from having him. Um, whether whether they, whether he's you know. A point guard or a six man or whatever it is, like Chris Paul is still going to help that team. Always, you know, especially when Steph has to rest. Yeah. So, um, like that, you know, and so that and that and that, and that brings you know the, the Jalen Brown conundrum, right? In in, the, in where you know a, a clearly very good, but not 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 like richest contract great player. in NFL, in, in NBA you know? history. Good. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. You know exactly. And so like it's just you know um. This is their team now. Yep. Like it's Tatum, it. it's you know, it's it's it's, it's Jalen Brown. Um, I don't think it's I don't think it's the wrong choice, but it is you know, but it's it's very much like you know, a choice. You know what I mean? Like it is something they had. You know, it's something that they, um, 
you have to do in full confidence that these guys can make can win can win it all. And you know what? It's not even wrong to think that because they were two games away a year ago. You know, yeah, like I'm, I'm they, not they, saying they, at all. They, they were up, they were up, they were up, they were up two one. Yeah, and they made some interesting tweaks to that team. You know, adding Chris Epps, Porzingis, and right. You know, um, that's a, that's a, that's you know, a risk. Uh, a risk. Ch- ch- changing their identity to to perhaps a more offensive oriented one. Yes, you know, losing Marcus Smart. Um, but uh, you know that, and that's our, you know, and that, and that's all right. You know, I think that with it's so, you know when it goes comes back to Brown again, yeah, the contracts very very large you know like he's not uh he he's the richest player in the game but he's not the best you know but sometimes i think you can lose sight of what someone can do when you focus on what things they can't yeah sometimes you know the ball bounces off his shoes when he dribbles and you know yeah (laughs) like you know he's got the court vision of a goldfish but like he plays hard on defense you know um and he uh he plays hard on defense um, he can, you know, he can get buckets. He can score all three levels of the court. Um, and, uh, you know, and so I, I believe that he can be, if not the absolute tip of a spear of a, of a modern NBA, uh, NBA offense, a really important part of one that can win a championship, you know? And again, we saw that because two wins away, you know, yeah, like, and, and, and he's, you know, and he's someone who is, you know, I, I, they, obviously the, the Celtics have had up, ups and downs the last couple of years in the postseason. You know, as far as like where where it seemed that they were the most ta- more talented team, and yet you know didn't succeed. But like, but that guy has been playing good in playoff games since he was twenty years old. Oh yeah, like he took you know him Not him much. and Tatum took LeBron to, to to seven games as you know you know young men in early twenty. You know, like, well Tatum was like nineteen, and, and then Brown was like twenty or twenty one. You can so, almost like, say you can. That is you know like like that that he's kind of forever got got my respect for his capacity in the court. Um, yeah. But you know, again, it's just I think the, the the big ultimate question is can the can the can the Celtics uh, still build a good enough team around them, especially when Jason Tatum's extension kicks in and as it's coming, and then he'll be the richest guy. It's in the coming game, up, you know, and uh, yeah, what will will they be able to to fill out enough of a roster, um, acknowledging the flaws that Tatum and Brown have, you know, that still competes for titles every year? Yeah, because you can almost say that that team that duo was just guaranteed to get you to the Eastern conference finals almost every year. Like they are going to get far. It's just the question of is the offensive minded approach of bringing in a Porzingis and letting go of Marcus smart going to pay off for you. And that's, and that's the, the biggest concern because Marcus smart, he was kind of like the heart and soul of that team, almost like how Draymond is for, for golden state. Yeah. And now you're kind of, you know, shifting. And it's worth mentioning though. Yeah. Chris Stapps is a hell of a defender. Oh yeah, yeah. Like he, you know, I would argue he's still, he's still a better defensive player than Ahmed. It's, it's, but it's just it's shaping, it's changing a little bit of the shape of the defense, perhaps in that you know, in, in where they they are less um, elite at the point of attack, you know. But um, but nonetheless, um, like what changing, you know, the a- adding the unique, you know, sharp shooting seven footer. Um, seven foot three of that, right? <laughs> Skill, yeah. Skills that that, that Christmas has in the shot and the in the strong shot blocking and all that. Uh, it's a change in their identity, you know. And hopefully for them, it is a, it is a good change and not one that actually sets them back a little bit. For sure. Where, where do you think Dame ends up before we move on? I know it's tough. To, I know it's tough. To um, say, but... I I think I think it'll be Miami because I just think that they got you know that uh. They're just waiting. They're they waiting will. for the right, the right, the right yeah. offer. Yeah, it's wait, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're just waiting for um, 
Portland to realize that as great as Damian Lillard is due to the realities of NBA cap math um, and his age, they cannot get as much as perhaps his brand name might suggest that he should get. I think that's kind of what is happening. And so Miami has, because Miami can put in a still competitive offer, if not the best, if not the best theoretical one yeah, that other teams can, like it's competitive enough. He clearly wants to be there. Um, and, uh, you know, and he, and Dame is, Dame's value is decreasing due to him being in his early thirties. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and now getting towards our last topic with uh, Domingo German's uh, 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 treatment for alcohol abuse and also how the Yankees uh, handled the situation. Um, last week, the Yankees right-hander voluntarily entered um, inpatient uh, treatment for alcohol abuse, and the general manager, uh, Brian uh, Cashman, said he won't pitch again this season. Um, you know, he has had trouble in the past on and off the field with different suspensions. Um, what were your thoughts on this situation and also, you know, some of the statements, you know, that the, the Yankees general manager said and just – how this whole situation played out and, and the coverage of it. Yeah, I, I'm, um, first of all, my, I'm, I'm, I hope that uh, Domingo Armand is getting the help that he needs, you know, and him and, and help that his wife and his children are cared for, um, that they are, that if this, you know, is, and it really could be the end of his career, yeah, you know, really um, due to the, due, due to him also, having a very serious domestic violence incident in this past as well, that was partially influenced by alcohol um, that, that their financial, their finances are cared for and that, you know, and that everyone, and that they can be a, a healthy family unit one day, you know? Um, but yeah, I'm, um, I can't say I'm surprised either because You know, both the proclivities to the kind of dynamics that create domestic domestic violence, as well as the proclivities of alcohol, are both really, really hard things to perform and change. Not impossible, but they're hard. And, um, and while he was suspended for a long period of time, um, they, you know, the Yankees still brought him back. Um, and it's hard to maintain the character you need in, you know, in the, in, and, and to, and the sort of removal of triggers that you need, both the stress of your, your job, uh, the amount of alcohol that flows around you. Like, for example, when you, uh, clinch a championship game and you, uh, you know, and everyone's just, you know, spraying beer on you. Um, and, and, uh, you know, it, it's that's really challenging and difficult, and so um, if that isn't attacked from the root, and I find it hard to believe that it's attacked from the root in a baseball in a, in a baseball or competitive sports environment, then um, it doesn't shock me that, that that those dysfunctional patterns of behavior could return could, could uh, manifest and return the way they did. Um, I remember, you know, one thing that uh, I remember about the Yankees uh, a long time ago, almost 30 years at this point, they had a, a great player named Daryl Strawberry, um, who was, a, you know, a star with the Mets in the 80s, 
crashed super hard due to, due to substance abuse issues and also domestic violence. The Yankees gave him a second chance, and he uh, was a very good player for them, even as he was aging. But when they celebrated their championship, uh, or, or, the, or, or, you know, and, or their big wins that were, were, you know, champagne or beer would be spread. They used non-alcoholic drinks mm. to do that as a way of supporting him yeah. and showing like, Hey, you know, we, we're, we, we're, we're with you in this, you know, this, the, in your, uh, struggle with substance abuse. And, uh, I believe that's, first of all, I think that's a bare minimum thing that probably, that probably should be instituted in most locker rooms, given that, <laughs> given the what we know demographically about how common alcohol and substance abuse is. But, um, you know, but even, and even with that, you know, uh, Daryl Strawberry still relapsed, you know, um, again, you know, yeah. um, a- after that great title, you know, run of titles in the, with the Yankees, it was just, you know, now he's back he, and he's by all accounts sober over the last 20 plus years or so, but, you know, it just shows how, awful that demon of alcohol abuse can be yeah. you know and 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 how you know and those addictions are and it are and how dangerous it is. and so if you're not uh in a 360 degree way um creating the best environment for for success and change and 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 healing and reform like then you know we should expect we should expect situations we should expect relapses yeah definitely. we shouldn't expect you know the straight now we should we should expect the veering off mm-hmm. Absolutely. Is there anything overall you would say in MLB in terms of um, any like changes uh, made within the game or, you know, it, it could be, you know, a, a cap space, how players are paid, anything that stands out to you in terms of the development of MLB that you see on a daily basis or anything going forward that you think should change or maybe even, like you said, dealing with, with people that have, you know, addictions or, or inner demons? Yeah, look, the the list of things that should change in baseball is too long. I know you're going uh, for this. For, 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 <laughs> We'd be here for like two for hours. Space, so, I, I, so I, yeah, so I ain't even gonna do that. I'm too long winded already as is. Uh, what I will say is that um, the the game has made significant strides in as far as we talk about finances and how money's flowing. Well, the, the game has made significant strides as far as paying minor leaguers better now a lot of that's due to the uh successful union effort, unionization effort of the minor leagues one of the, the great stories in american labor history really mm. but um as though though it is better there's still a much you know, higher level decline you know i don't i don't believe the revenues are being shared in an equitable way um many people still do not have what uh are what you would call a living wage within you know whatever sort of community context yeah, they are. They're in, and uh, and in baseball, you know, can and should do better in making sure that that, that the players, whether they become stars or not, are still essential to the, the you know to both spreading the game in smaller towns and smaller cities and developing the stars because they got to play against somebody. Exactly. You know, between getting drafting and getting to the, getting to the highest level, of the pros, uh, they deserve to be treated well. And is and they're just they're being treated better, but not, you know, the way they but but, but not it's not not at a level that is um that properly values what they offer to uh the short and long term health of the game. Definitely. Very interesting. Well, Brad, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on for the first time. Uh, thank you so much for doing this. Yo, man, 
my pleasure. Thank you for having me. It's been an honor to be part of the Fusco Pod. So thank you both. Appreciate it. Well, that wraps it up for tonight. I'm your host, Wednesday Burns. This has been Fusco. See you later.